Hello, Scotty. Yeah, without the um, the benefit of the context, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> you know that shit. <laughs> See, I could I could take that soundtrack and put that to some quite uh, menacing video, and um... uh, that, that would be a career defining <laughs> video for me. Okay. I definitely think we we would need the explicit tag on on it. Yes, well, explicitly to reveal how stupid we are. Hi, Scotty. How are you? No, no, no. no. Le- less of the we. Okay, sorry. How <laughs> stupid you are. <laughs> We're having That's me better. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I, I like to be the center of attention here. I want all the stupidity. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, how are you, sir? You know, I'm Danny. I'm just waking up. Um, the the wife and child have abandoned me, um, so they're in Italy, and so I'm at home scrubbing the floors. And as I tell everybody, you know, when they're gone, it's all Domino's pizza and bong hits. Um, my wife is a, a, yes. a, a cooking instructor and writer, and, and a, a tremendous skill. Um, and is very careful about the food um, that that she works with, understandably so. And so, you know, when she goes, like the 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 plane has barely barely been fully boarded before I'm at Trader Joe's getting frozen macaroni and cheese, which I then send <laughs> pictures of you know to to her. It's like, look at the suffering. <laughs> so so people like you know, uh, uh, they have month of code and all of this. You have month of illegal food. That's precisely or what two, it is. Two months of illegal food or whatever it might That's be. That's exactly what it is, yeah. So, I mean, so you've been a bad boy when it comes to your diet and eating, and um, I'm sure your wife will um, punish you when, when she returns. Um, but uh, have you been a good boy at all this week? Well, you know, I I, I hate to say it, but I have. Um, because for a couple of things. But, you know, I... I, I I had been working hard on and off uh, on getting some animation and video work done. And I, you know, it's like one of these things where in order to get it right, you just have to keep trying and trying and trying. And and I've built some tester apps, but in the end, part of it is just to be able to see how it actually feels in place. Um, And so you have to put it in the app and and make it work with another app. So I, I... I can't remember whether I've told anybody about it. I mean, told you about it or told our, our fractional listeners about it. But um, it, I can start, I can definitely talk more about it, you know, in a bit. But in the meantime, uh, I can talk about the technical challenges of it because it does involve animations and subtle differences between when you set up animations that are to be, you know, fire and forget and running on the screen versus when they're being output as part of an AV composition's output. It's not just that you can have an AV composition that you just play, but if you're actually going to write it out to disc, there there are subtle differences um, with timing. And also, um, you have to remember that there are differences in coordinate space, and that really tripped me up for a while because I would set things up to have starting and end points of some images, and I would I would set it up and try and 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 uh, you know get the get the proper setting and alignment for it as the start and end frames, and then then the the trick to making things interesting is the path that it follows to get from the start to the end point. And there, um, you know, the, the the first problem to solve is to make sure that the, the your your coordinate space that you're working when you're dealing with UI view and placing things on the origin is the top left, but with the CA layer, it's it's bottom 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 left not top left and you know you have to you have to either you know do the translation or as i happily discovered you can just tell the ca layer to flip its coordinate system so that you can kind of keep one coordinate system in mind and and it's it's so dumb because you know there are obviously it's easy math to, to figure out um and but 
you just forget. And then I, you, what about these poor people who work raw with, with, with open gel where the coordinates, you know, is, is in the center. But anyway, um, once I got the coordinate issues worked out, then to make something pleasing, that's where it becomes a little bit more fun because you can say, well, okay, well, how many items do I want to have animate? And let's, you know, offset the start time and let's, you know, fade in and fade out and let's, you know, change the scale and, and then randomly change the path that it does. And, and I, oh my gosh, I know this is like so simple and stuff like that, but I'm so, so much a fan of, you know, double dot random in, you know, <laughs> which is great because you can make it, you could use it to randomize anything. I just, I, I want to build a snappy answer generator, which just will randomly select an index from a, a known range and then a known, and then pick a, you know, a snappy response from an array of stupid questions. But anyway, um, so it, that, that, that made me happy. And so I've been showing it to my colleagues and, 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 uh, I've gotten good feedback on it. So that's been my happiness and, and my good deeds for the week. How about you, Scotty? Um, yeah, I've I've had a sort of a, a bitty but reasonably interesting week, and again, as always, a week that um, raises questions. Um, I have a couple of client projects uh, that I can't say really say anything about, but um, so this hopefully this will still make sense without being able to give away any details. But they're both both these projects are winding down. Um, uh, because they're going to be replaced uh, by by other projects, but not just yet. So there's been this goal of, well, at some point we've got to stop, you know, just developing these and just allow them to just sort of just be as they are, to say, to say they're good enough until their replacements arrive in however long that might be. And so you're in that sort of mode of, um, okay, so when is enough enough? And let's just look at... Um, you know, what few issues or what vital issues or are there any crashes that we really do want to sort out before we make this choice? Um, not saying that we'll never touch it again, but equally we can sort of say, you know, now it's going to take something reasonably major to reawaken uh, the development on this for a bit. But of course, you know, it keeps just trickling on that, well, let's just, let's just, let's just, you know, and you have to uh, at some point say, um, we have to stop let's justing or just be honest and say <laughs> we're still in full development mode because mm. we're not uh, achieving either at the moment and it's it's very hard because yeah th- this app is still the both these apps are still in use um every day uh by by lots of people um and so you know any any bugs in them any problems in them you know they do affect people's working lives um but at the same time you know any resource put into uh, these apps is is uh, a you know an effort that's not going to last for that long because it's going to get replaced uh, and b possibly detracts from the resource going into the replacement. So yeah, so these are you know, triaging you know, triaging bugs in a product and triaging things in order is always difficult. But when when the app is no longer going to be, you know, um, uh, the number one app for something, yeah, it, it gets uh, a little trickier, especially when, you know, people who are asking for these changes, they know that if their change gets sort of triaged out, that it's unlikely to ever get fixed. So that does make a tendency to um, up the dramaticness of every report <laughs> to try and hopefully squeeze you across the line as opposed to um, 
you know, saying, oh, this is just a minor thing, and, you know, it'll be, this is disastrous to the end of my days, type of thing. So, uh, that, that's, uh, that's been, a uh, sort of, from the sort of development side of things, quite a, you know, a challenging thing going on this week. And another thing is, one of these, one of these, um, issues that's come up is, um, uh, one of the apps that I work on, you it allows you to edit content of, of certain things, um, but it controls how you edit it and when you can edit it and what you can edit, so that it ensures certain validity to this uh, this content. And uh, a challenge that's come up this week is it's been decided that you know there there is something that is not normally editable and shouldn't allow it to be edited, but in this one circumstance, it should be allowed to be edited. Um, so this brings up the whole challenge that everything around the UI of this little bit of data has been designed to be read-only because it's, um, uh, yeah, this bit shouldn't ever be edited, uh, but now now it has to be. And so how do you suddenly make this, you know, how do you suddenly fit this little bit of editable UI into uh, what's normally a read-only UI without having to go through this whole do everything you do if you were normally making a whole UI editable. So that's been my UI challenge of the week is to is to work it out. And I think I had a little bit of leeway because this is in order to get a temporary fix or a temporary change forward because replacement application will support this properly in in you know through different ways that are changing. You know, I think you I give a little bit of room to say, well, yes, this isn't the best way of doing it um but you know this is a way of doing it that allows us to do it without spending the many many days it might take to do the redesigns otherwise and in in whatever else but i guess the the danger always is when you're uh winding down an application for a replacement um the project plan might say x but it virtually always turns into y amount of time before it happens and then sometimes y times n amount of time before it happens and at that point how much do you start paying for these you know temporary uh ui changes you made in there so it seems like every week john as things i actually rather than telling you how i succeeded um i tell you on all the questions that have come up this week that i don't really have answers to (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's not response oh, to that. It wasn't perfectly that's timed. A I swear. Rather <laughs> dramatic response. Yeah. I was just trying to just trying to work out what the underlying word behind the, the sneeze was. <laughs> well, Scotty, I was gonna say that um you know, in the early days of software when there was pride of craftsmanship and people wanted to put their name and their likeness on it, you would have these elaborate about panels. I don't know, you remember this from the from the early, early Mac days in Mac Paint and HyperCard where they'd have the author's pictures and I remember Bill Atkinson, who was the original author of Mac Paint and and and, and HyperCard, if you tapped on the, the kind of monochrome, you know, uh image of it, it it would play this audio, it would say, Ouch. Um, but I think the important thing is that, you know, you, you knew who these people are. And then a long time ago, I guess they, they got rid of that because they didn't want people poaching each other's software engineers. But for internal tools, it seems to me that there should be a splash screen at launch, which has, you know, has the, the names and faces of the people who are either responsible for the current version, which makes people unhappy, or the much vaunted, you know, future version, which will fix all the bugs and make other things better. And, um, that way, that way you would, you would have, you would have, you would never have an 
an empty inbox. Not that you have one now, but you know, it could it could spice things up with with you know. In fact, they they should really have like a record your impressions here. You know how they have sometimes shake to 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 submit a bug report. They should just do something where they 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 use facial recognition to to determine people's anger levels or happiness level. It'd be something like sounds like you're having a terrible day. Would you like to unload on the author of this software? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, we do with um, one of these apps have. Um uh sort of um test sessions where we will take a uh, an upcoming build of the application uh of some form and you know pick uh or open up an invite to you know up to say maybe a dozen users and um you know get them all in the old days of get them all in the same room at the same time give them all the new build and just watch them use it and just write down all the initial comments and um, you and whatever else, and and I have to say, sometimes obviously the the users, and quite rightly so, just forgot the developers were watching them or in the room. And yeah, it's some sometimes you, you needed a bit of a thick skin <laughs> to, to to survive <laughs> to survive the comments about what was going on. But equally, getting that sort of um, you know unfiltered reaction to things and why the hell does it do it this way and who thought of that, you know, what numpty thought of that type of response is actually incredibly valuable. And um, even though it can be a little um, upsetting sometimes, it's uh, uh, it's very useful to do. I, w- I would say if you have any chance of ever getting uh, some users together and giving them something from your app you've never seen before and actually experience their first reactions um, to it and not guide them but just... Uh, um, you know, for at least the initial phase and then equally afterwards to to then a second part of the session would be to explain how it was designed to work and you know, sometimes they would say oh okay now i get that i get why it's doing this way and you you realize what you had was an education issue um and other times you they, they would say no no you're still an empty <laughs> so <laughs> it shouldn't really do it that way um and, and so yeah actually experiencing users using something for the very first time, I mean, genuinely the very first time, um, without really giving them too much information about what it is they're using is massively valuable. Oh, yeah, totally. I, in fact, I had the chance to participate in some qualitative research for that. And uh, this was one where I actually was was actively participating and asking the questions, the the ones I'd done before, I was merely an observer. But the audience, you know, the 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 people gathered, um, it it was utterly fascinated. And it's exactly what you say say. It's like you 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 can't prompt them, and if you or have that discipline to do that, you just learn so much about what people's you know expectations are, and and of course they're going to be wildly different from what you imagine them to be and what they are for you. And it's just so easy to forget how you you just keep going down the same well-paved path, especially if you're working on something that's going long, you know, and, and that's, that's a terrible thing. Um, yeah. So we've talked about that in the, in the past, so I won't dig through, but it's also a realizing that we've done so many shows and that, you know, the, 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 the pain of being a listener is such that, you know, there are always potentially some new fractional listener for whom all my, my old, old band tales may seem fresh because they haven't heard them before or not. But we don't know. But Scotty, you know what's happening next week. Were you aware of this? Uh nothing. Nothing's going on next week, is it? Yeah, there's worldwide wrestling um 
defense oh, of Cor- the worldwide wrestling um, competition. <laughs> yes, the world, the world wrestling developer competition. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I was going to ask you a question about this. Um, now, obviously, in the old days, um, you know, way back, like two years ago, um, you, you know, you're, you're local to WWDC, so you would have um, uh, been in town for it. Although, in fairness, when it moved to San Jose, it was dead to me uh, from. From uh, San Francisco, yeah, that's a whole forty-five minutes away now. So, yeah, <laughs> why should I travel that far? Um, but uh, you know, in the old days, you'd have been going down there and just hanging out, and you know, stealing other people's you know, badges to get mm-hmm. into labs mm-hmm. and whatever else. So, but um, how uh, how do you intend to spend uh, this this year's uh, conference? How what is your what is your plan of attack for it? Is it like going to be like, well, I'm just going to do my normal work day and catch up later on, or are you taking some time out? What is what is the plan? Well, <laughs> the only kind of plan that's right now is that we're we're going to have some watching parties, you know. So we'll we'll reserve either a you know a Google Hangout so that people can watch and and more or less try to 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 start at the at the same time for the the keynote and the States of the Union um, and. You know, I, I think that will be interesting because then there will be at least a back channel of, of people saying, well, this looks interesting. We should explore that. And, and you know, I, I didn't participate last year in any of the labs. Um, I mean, I guess you could you could ask for support. I, I don't even remember how it was. But I, I also have to say is there's certainly the chance that there'll be something brand new and there'll be all sorts of new technology. and It'll spark lots of discussion. But at this point, I don't know. It's like I, I find it in my career that if I have problems, I have so many more people that I can ask. And just as is the nature of being in Silicon Valley is that chances are you can find somebody who works on that, on the team that creates the API that you're, you're struggling with because either they may work at your company or you know them now, or you know, somebody who knows someone. And it's just a world of difference from when you, you know, uh, are, are, 5,000 miles away during most of the time. And, and this was your chance to, to kind of meet up with people and form these relationships. So there, 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 there is a reason, there's still a reason why people, you know, tend to want to be in an area, a geographic area where you have more chance of developing these relationships. But, you know, in, in these pandemic times, since the meetups aren't happening, happening in person, you know, you have just as much opportunity to meet somebody, so to speak, and to make an impression and forge a relationship. And, and But the other thing I'm noticing, I don't know if, whether you've noticed this, Scotty, is that I see a lot more Apple engineers talking a lot more about their work. It, it, maybe it's just on the accessibility side of it, and I haven't noticed otherwise. But, you know, when I, I posted... You know, I talked about how I, how I got lots of reaction, but I've, I've now, I, I came to look and, and notice that that a lot more Apple engineers were then saying, these are the areas that I work in. Let's put it in your bio. And I, to me, that seems like a change because I assume that, that if people are noticing that, then, then people are sending the messages. Now, I don't know whether they strictly say, sorry, I can't answer, but I have to imagine that there's a reason why they want to do it, both because Apple probably feels like it's it's in their best interest to to make their engineers kind of behave you know essentially like like ambassadors on on more than just the the five days during which there's dub dub and you might run into them somewhere in the, in the in the labs or wherever do you know anything about that scotty uh i don't uh know anything particular i mean i think apple engineers have always been allowed to put the team they work on in their bios providing the team they worked on wasn't a secret team right um 
But uh, as to whether they can talk about it, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that no Apple engineer is allowed to be a representative of the company without permission. Sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, but that would go for anyone, really. You couldn't really represent, you know, Netflix without permission. Or no, so, no. I mean, that's not particularly, you know, that, that's just corporate policy. I think uh, maybe... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the fact that Swift things like Swift are open source uh, means the open source source forums, and I think obviously Apple engineers are far freer to be able to speak in the open source forums, maybe. Um, and you do notice Apple engineers in some of the Apple developer forums. Um, again, I've no idea what the the policy is there for you know when they can and when they can't uh, say stuff. Um, so yeah, I have to say I haven't. Um, I, I think now you've said it, I think you're probably right. It mm. does feel a little uh, looser, maybe, than it than it has been. However, at the same time, you know, I've not heard of or know of no event or whatever that, that made that happen. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, last year during WWDC, uh, you know, the... The forums were the place to ask questions on the new technology, and we had obviously the DTK and everything last year um, in there, and obviously there were loads of Apple engineers hanging out in there and, and answering questions during the, the conference, and then that got a lot less after the conference, um, because the, the forums were the equivalent, I think, of you know not having to book a lab appointment, but just being able to drop in for some, some questions. And, and I do notice that the... Um, uh, the conference this year, they're um, running some sort of a more text-based question and answer sessions as opposed to, you know, the video. I think, was it, you could do WebEx sessions last year as labs, but you, it looks like you can do it again this year. But it looks like there's already, um, uh, th- th- there's going to be some particular sessions on certain things where you can submit text questions and get answers from engineers. So maybe the whole text-driven thing, uh, but maybe a little bit more, different to a forum is going to be a bit interesting to see how that works out and, and what that actually looks like hmm. yeah so it's uh yeah that's interesting i mean i think for myself i mean firstly i have a meeting halfway through the keynote so i'm assuming the keynote is going to be two hours it normally used to be so i'm going to guess two hours um so i have a uh what you know a, a 7 p.m in the uk or a 11 a.m pst meeting so i'm probably going to watch the first hour of the keynote and then uh, go to my meeting and then after my meeting, watch the second hour of the keynote, which will probably just take me to the start of the State of the Union. I mean, it's this. To be honest, it's the State of the Union that is the the interesting one on day one for me, um, uh, because basically anything that was covered in really almost anything that was covered in um, the keynote gets covered again in State of the Union. I guess other than maybe hardware or whatever else, if we if we see any hardware. Um, so yeah, and then I think. Um, yeah, I haven't fully decided how to do the the conference yet. Um, I'm I am considering whether just to take the week out and like treat it like I am away, and um, you know every day watch the sessions that interest me from that came out that day, or possibly because I'm in the UK and they come out at six p.m. UK time, you know from the day before, um, and then you know maybe use the time which is more than you get to do at the conference when you're too busy drinking beer and whatever else, but to maybe play with some code or try write some code around some of those things. 
Um, yeah, so I haven't really haven't really decided yet how to do it, but I think I probably will at least try and take some time out, or maybe just a day during the week to go through stuff, or a couple of days, or maybe a little bit of time every day. I'm still thinking about that. I haven't quite seen what my my schedule is for next week to to sort of fully work that out. And I guess that's the difference. If if the, if it was on remotely, I would um, uh, if it was on sorry uh, in San Jose, I'd either have a ticket, in which case I'd go, in which case it would be blocked out and my schedule. And on years when I didn't go, I never did really much any different. I just carried on working and I would catch up with the videos at some point in the future or not catch up with the videos some point in the future. Um, so uh, it, I have to say I was definitely more engaged with the conference last year for not being there than any other year when I wasn't there. Um, so, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be going to be interesting to see going to be interesting to see because last year last year no one knew what to expect and i think we were all quite pleasantly surprised by how good it was this year we sort of know but we also think apple have had an extra year to think about it so maybe they could make it even better so it'll be interesting to see well scotty i think everybody's waiting with bated breath to find out exactly what you'll do this year um i think there is now you know the point is um you know it's um no, actually, the reality is nobody cares what I do, John. Although actually, people do care about me because I've had some I've had some feedback this this week to the questions I asked last oh, week. Oh, uh, that's so people people do care. Let's hear. So uh, remember last week I was saying about uh, how do you guide um, users through your UI, especially when it's a complicated one, but make it so not you know so that it doesn't annoy people who are power users and whatever else. So I've had a couple of people uh, respond to that. Um, now, Carl Martin. Um, he pointed me to useronboard.com, which actually is a resource that I have seen and, and looked at before, but I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about. So that's really useful. Put a link in the show notes. Um, so thanks, Carl, for pointing that out. And, and there's some really good stuff there. Um, and a lot of it is to do with, um, you know, a lot of these onboarding things are often to do with web apps and everything else. But the principle is uh, often the same. Um, uh, you know, you're trying to get people to a certain point. So although the, you know, the technical techniques may not make any sense a lot a lot of the time the um you know the principles of what they're trying to do and um david reedy um sent me a link to a talk he gave at ns spain in 2020 um which i have to be honest david i haven't had a chance to watch it but i'm also going to put a link in the show notes and so maybe next time i will um make more comments on it called, somebody else can watch it and tell you what was said yeah uh, called show me don't tell me um, so I'm quite interested in um, watching that and finding out. So just uh, Carl and David, thank you for getting in touch. And I'm, I'm still, op- you know, if there's more people out there, you just haven't had a chance to send me stuff yet, then please do. Because um, I think this is a big subject that's going to be very central to me over the next few months. Um, and um, I look forward to uh, telling you what I learn and what I implement. Wow. So, Scotty, I'm kind of jealous because nobody sent me similar levels of love on Twitter. Hmm. No, they didn't, John. Wow. And that's all I need to say on that. <laughs> well, Scotty, at least I did pass the milestones. Like for there was a time when I was at 1,999 followers. I'm like going, okay, who's going to be follower number 2,000? Then it went down one or two is because I was watching. It, it finally made it back up. I, I, I hit 2,000 followers. I'm clearly in the big time. People are going to start courting me to, to be able to move, move, you know, hold social spheres yes i've been i've been really irritating on one of those as well i'm like it's uh you know 
uh, I'm not going to say how many followers I have. You can go look me up, but it's like you know, it, it's it's been around the nine nine X mark of reaching the next thousand mark for a long time. And you know, occasionally I look and, and it's crept up one, and then as you say, go back and it's gone down four. So um, yeah, so may, maybe John, so you've you've crossed it now, did you say? I did. You did. So maybe the goal this this week is to um, to get mine to pass the thousands mark again. Um, you know, so I, I I get past it, and maybe for John's to drop back below. That's no, a, so so, that so basically, you're trying to get me to 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 make a donation of one of my thousands <laughs> yes. of followers to to get you. John, up past. I'm only asking for a few Twitter followers. I'm not asking for a kidney or anything. Just. <laughs> Just, just, you know, I, I would I would be more you know more willing to give you a kidney than one of my precious Twitter followers. <laughs> what well, there we are. So there we are. Okay, okay. Here's the challenge, listeners. See, we we'll take a note of next time. We may or may not do a show next week. It depends on what we're doing for for Dub Dub and whether we're at um, watch parties or whatever else. But um, let let's see how many followers myself and John can add in the next. Uh, Two weeks, let's say two weeks for the show. We'll have a competition, John, to, to how many you can add to your current one. So write down right now how many followers you have. And then, and, and the winner will have the joy of knowing he is more loved than the other. Oh, well, I'm, I, you know, I only have five followers right now, Scotty. So let's see. I, 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 I have nowhere. So to, that means that that means nowhere to go but up. There are six billion nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety four extra people to follow you. Exactly. Who could be persuaded? We both want love. It would be lovely if we were equally loved or, or proportionately loved in there. But anyway, we're waffling, John. Yep. So basically, where should people go to love you? Uh, well, in the place that is nothing but a sea of love, Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if people want to go visit Scotty's, uh, if they want to go visit you and, and make the decision of whether they want to follow you and your teachings or follow me and my teachings on my path to ever greater, greener pastures, where you can land in rainbow and, and have birds singing, or if they want to follow your path to to the places where there's brimstone and and sulfur, and, and not trying to suggest anything, but where might they do that, Scotty? Well, they can they can follow me on Twitter. Funny enough, where um I am Mac Devnet, and and you know what, John, I've realised that maybe why my my Twitter following isn't very prolific. My last tweet was sixty seven days ago. Oh really? Well, so <laughs> Mac Mac Devnet is that spelled D J E M B E? like the west african drum it it could be it could be spelt that way i actually realize i've retweeted quite a lot of things but i've actually not done an original tweet so here's i will i'm going to set my challenge because i'm taking it seriously john i am going to i am going to find myself twitter love by i'm going to begin to tweet every day for the next two weeks and see (laughs) see if it makes people love me so i suggest if you want to be more loved you have to tweet twice a day area doctor promises do this and you'll have two bowel movements a day and you know what, John? We don't care about followers. The last time we got a review on iTunes, I think I was still in diapers. It could be. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> so last Wednesday. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, there we are. That was uh, as waffly as ever. But um, wherever you're watching WWDC, listening to WWDC, experiencing WWDC, and whoever you're doing with it, doing with it, doing it with... <laughs> I really should learn to speak. Um, we hope you have an amazing time. I hope there's something in the, in there for you that makes you excited and happy. So thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, you take care.
Thank you.